Here at Gays Talking Straight, we care about your overall health and well-being. We are not medical experts or healthcare professionals. Nothing we say should be construed as medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your health or well-being, please contact your healthcare provider. Welcome to Gays Talking Straight. I'm your host, Richard Lamberti. I'm here with Heriberto Ayala. That was really good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm working on it. Accents are not my best thing. It's consistency. No. And it's not an accent. It's pronunciation. <sighs> Don't. Let's not go there. I lost the ability to read, write, and speak when I was 22, and I had to relearn. So but that's its own drama. Thank you. Uh, I met you at Stonewall. Correct. Uh, there was a birthday party, and you are one of the bartenders there. And I, after I had watched you for a little while, I was getting ready to leave, and I walked up to you and I said, I wanted to talk to you about what it's like to be professionally nice. That is correct. And then we had this interesting little conversation, because very often when I say that to people, uh, they don't, it, it's a weird thing to say, and I know that. But you kind of instantly got what I meant. Correct, yeah. And so... I want you to talk to us about what your experience has been like coming in and working in that environment. Like, go back to the very beginning, and how did you end up there, and how did you, you know, come to, to be a bartender at Stonewall and in that community of people and what goes on? So roughly two prides ago, in October, um, I had a friend that was a bar back. And I told him I was interested to make some extra side cash. And he told me about Pride and it was going to be a big event. He was like, just come on through. So I was one of the busters picking up garbage. I was fine with it. You know, just get your foot in the door. And um, I noticed I was getting a lot of attention. And management noticed I was getting a lot of attention. So they come up to me and it was like, hey, if we train you and give you the opportunity, well, would you like to bar back and bar 10? I was like, absolutely. So granted to Stonewall, that's why I'm so... Um, loyal to them because they gave me that my first opportunity. So when I started bartending, you know, it was, it was slow, right? They gave me like slow shifts to expose myself. And I knew that I was going to be engaged with comfort, not confrontation, but friendly engagements with people, right? Like flirting. It's, I knew it was going to come with the environment and I was okay with that. But as time goes on, you really kind of sinking in, right, into, into your environment. And you're in a position where, you know, you're pouring drinks, but people go to the bar to either relax, get away, meet, socialize, whatever the case may be, dance. Um, but sometimes to, like, pour, right, just, just to be without care, right, and have a drink. And uh, noticing... Over time, um, well, let's back up a minute. When you first started, what what kind of things happened? A lot of attention. Like what kind of attention? Friendly-ish attention. Well, friendly-ish or like like right in your face. Right in my face. And what kind of things were they saying? I will tell you this: I don't think I look good. Right? Everybody has to go through their personal issues but i was aware that i look good to them well let's face it okay you are what most gay men would look at and go wow 
Okay. You have a great physique. You're handsome. You have a wonderful smile. You have twinkling eyes. You, you're, you're kind of like the holy grail for a lot of guys in terms of what to score. And, you know, some of these guys are not going to have a lot of filters. I'm sure that some offers were made. Some things were said. Correct. Well, I, what, what kind of things? I mean, how much crossed the line? Well, the thing is, that over time, it got worse. So it was like in, in the beginning, it wasn't too bad. But once they noticed I was feeling comfortable, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, but it's normalized, right? So, well, normalized. What, I mean, it's like, hey, you're hot. Or what are they saying? I like your cum gutters. <laughs> <laughs> so you might need to explain what that is. Uh, your pelvis has like, if you work out, you well, the lines. when you have your six pack or your eight pack, there's some lines there. Correct. Yeah. And, and the treasure trail and the, okay. So that natural cut thing where, oh, you know, things could flow. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know what that was when they first said it? Absolutely not. Come okay. on. Like that's, so how did, how did you figure out what I that was? I laughed when you they laughed. told me. Um, but at the same time. But you had to ask someone. A part of me was just like, wow. Like, you guys really thought into this. And like, I get the concept. But like I said, it was in, it was in my mindset. Okay. I don't describe myself like this. Okay. And then, but you know, offers get made. Correct. Yeah. That's What kind of offers? 100 bucks to see your dig. Um, hundred bucks maybe suck your dick. Well, I mean, to see it and suck it, I think that they would come up with a pay scale that was a little better. <laughs> Different. You know, I've gotten 10 bucks to like, let me, let me touch your ass or 20 bucks. It's just outrageous thing. Let me suck on your toes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, so I think they like what they like. Correct. But so there's a lot of not just flirting, but out and out sexual aggressiveness it is sexual like, aggressiveness and i mean basically you work there so you should be for sale not f yeah and in their in their eyes i'm 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 out there right mm -hmm. i'm in the front show right i'm here to present myself and you that comes with attention and okay. you think that some of it's genuine and some of it's nasty but it's 75 25 okay. so 25% of the guys are actually like, they're genuine. just genuine. Yeah. But are they the ones that are saying those things? Of course not. No, okay. They flirt with it, but, you know, it's just the nervousness or they have respect. So, like, they're not pushing the limits, but okay. the most of them don't really give a fuck. I mean, is, is it worse with the guys drunk? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. When we talked about this, it's like... You know, you're behind the bar, you're out there, you know, bar backing and, and you, and you get the, the guys have an opportunity to engage with you directly. Young gay men come walking in that environment and they may not have any expectation of what's going to happen. And, and I know you've seen this happen. Like what, what do you think that experience is like for them? It's probably. To them and the first person, um, exciting, right? Okay. I, 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 again, so many young gay men, they go to the bar that first time and it is exciting. They finally have a place where they're supposed to belong. Correct. But I don't think very many of them expect that there's going to be these guys that are going to say these kinds of things to them or treat them in this way. It's profound objectification that that, you know, you're in some ways you're treated like a piece of meat that you should be for sale. 
It's not for sale, but you are a piece of meat. And well, and, and all the more so because you look like you look. Correct. You know? So therefore, like, it should be easy for me to say yes. Yeah. Well, they want it to be easy for you to say yes. <laughs> right? And, you know, these young guys come into that environment and they're, you know, they don't expect this, I don't think. And on the one hand, it's got to be flattering. You know, I mean, you know, you're being paid this kind of attention that you've maybe never been paid before. They're going to be flattered by this, but it's also, it's, it's really, it's intense, but it's kind of, it's mean. It's, it's that level of objectification. It's crude. It's nasty. You know, it's normalized. Well, normalized to be that this overt sexualization that it's, it's like, you know, when the president talks about, you can grab by the pussy and that's supposed to be okay. They want it. Cause like you're saying, you're not really doing it, but the intention to say is cause you have expectations to do. Well, I mean, you've been grabbed all the time, (laughs) all the time. Right. And, and that's supposed to be okay. Correct. Going back to like, I'm on stage. Well, but you know, you see these young guys get grabbed. You know, they're not all okay with it. Absolutely not. And yet it's still happening. Correct, because the normalization of it. How have you managed to put boundaries around what happens for you? Well, I went through a time where I was affected by it. Like, it was like I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to get hit on. What was that like? I mean, you got to go to work. You're making money. It's, yeah, it's a bit of, like, frustration, um, annoyed, um... You just, you don't, you don't want to deal with this because it's rubbish, right? If somebody, if somebody pays you a compliment and it's genuine, you can feel it in that body language. You can feel it in their eye contact. But when somebody's coming up to you constantly saying the same thing and it's vulgar or it's disgusting, it's very irritating. It's like, how, like why? Right? Like I get it the first time it's cute. Second time you're trying to be funny. Third time it's just like, yo, you didn't get it, but it's so constant. So that's, I struggled with that because... Pour drinks and talk to people, but I have to deal with, you know, all this vulgarity that I didn't want to like. I didn't want to be around. You did, know. Did you talk to your management at all about the behavior? When you talk to the environment that you work with, it's part of the game. You get used to it. But now they tell you, obviously, if something goes too far, you put your foot down. Obviously, but they put, so, so that's on you. Correct. Okay, and you have to decide what's too far. Correct, but there's been times where, you know, I worked with Kimberly, and Kimberly is a transvestite, but I consider Kimberly a woman. And um, there's been times I'm like, hey, Kim, and she's like, back up right now, you know? But it sucks that you have to be that way. Like, there's no real respect. There's just that we're men, we're both horny, and that it's okay, we both want this. Like, we're men, right? Like, this is the concept, to have sex, to come. So -hmm. it's okay. That that makes it okay, but it's not. What's okay for you is not okay for me. Okay. What? I mean, the bar is the environment. That's what we have. This is where we can meet people. It's where we can go. It's it's where gay society takes place in a lot of places. Not not just here in Orlando, but lots of places around the world. That. That's it. That's the bar is what we've got. That's where you can go to meet people. It's where you can go to socialize. It's where you can go to hang out. 
but it can be this environment that's predatory and vulgar and really off-putting. What can we do about that? So there's two things. Well, one really thing that you can do, and especially if you don't want to deal with those negative negative aspects that bar has, is to create an environment that's not a drinking environment, right? Not an environment where you you have to drink to engage, right? You have to drink to socialize. Um, you have to drink to meet somebody. Everybody has this concept that like you have to go to the bar to find love or to find a friend, right? To find connection. The bar is just a place where you can, but it's not the only place. And and if the LGBT community wants to find a a community where it's based on like love and engagement and genuine How about just basic respect? Yeah, basic respect and you, we need to find a community or you need to make a meaning you need to make somewhere that's that's a safe haven without drinking, right? Where you can you can go I mean, you're, you're a bartender. You make your money off the fact that people drink. Correct. But, but you're basically saying, you know, in that environment, you know, drunk people are going to cause more problems. Yeah. I just, I feel that in an environment like a bar where there's more human, right, humanity in that, then you can still enjoy yourself, get drunk, and it'd be okay. But right now, a lot of people normalize that, right? The, the vulgarity, like this is part of the community that, it's not going to change because this is this is it. Like this is what we made. This is who we are, and not all of them are like that. You know, don't don't think everybody's going in the bar like being vulgar to people because that's not the case. Um, it's just in some instances, it's it's okay. Well, you you <clears throat> talk to a lot of people at the bar. I mean, that's part of being a bartender. Correct. You know, the guy that's there alone and talking. How many of these guys, what they're talking about is they're looking for something more. They're looking for substance. Correct. There's there's a huge percentage in the bar that's looking for intimacy, genuine intimacy at that. But they fall into the same category of like everybody's on Grindr <clears throat> looking to hook up. You know? Well, they're stuck because that is the environment. Correct. So basically you're saying we need to create another kind of environment where where alcohol isn't the main feature exactly and the opportunity to engage in a respectful way where maybe your values can be a little more on display what might that look like i don't know I'm not sure but there is communities out there like there's a big softball community there's a big dodgeball community there's you know a lot of people in the lgbt community they're finding ways outside the bar to connect and find those real connections um but to have an environment that's not the bar that's something that's probably important, especially for young men coming up, because it, it might, it's a struggle, you know, because there's a difference between being preyed on and then like liking how that feels. But like you said, it's a temporary feeling and a lot of people can fall into those. And if you add drugs, then it just makes it worse. Yeah. No, I mean, well, again, some people, a lot of people, I think they feel like there aren't a lot of options for them. The bar is it. So... Go out into the world and find other options. Join one of the leagues. Go out, volunteer at the center. You know, do something else so that you have an opportunity to meet people and put your values on display and engage in conversations that are of greater substance than, hey, you're hot and how big is your dick? Correct. Yeah. And like I said, like there is a community out there like that that do go to the bar um, and they've given me so much love and respect and, and confidence. Right, it just happens that 
that this culture does have a stigma to it um, around sex. And that's something that the, the community has to really talk about, you know, but we have to talk about it or we have to bring up the subject in order or to something for it to change because if nobody talks about it, everybody just kind of deals with it, you know. And I I met gay bartenders who who go through it and they're annoyed by it. They're like, "Don't talk to me like this. Don't you're not gonna touch me, right?" And it sucks because people think they're rude, right? Where they're not rude, they're just sick of it, mm-hmm. right? And where people like me, where I normalized it and I I take advantage of it. So well, let's point out, you're straight, correct? And you're working in a gay bar, correct? And the reason you do that is because you can make more money in a gay bar. I didn't realize, but yes. Yeah. So, well, you know, there's a lot more that we could probably talk about, um, but I think we need to take a moment and realize your perspective has great value. You're sitting on the outside looking at this, you know, that, and and you can see with clarity the vulgarity, the way that we treat each other, we demean each other, we put each other down, we treat each other like objects. And yet, there are people that want more. They want to create connection, and it's incumbent upon us to find a way to do that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. It's really, I'm, I'm very glad that we had the opportunity to meet. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Gays Talking Straight. Special thanks to our guest, Heriberto Ayala. You can find our videos at www.youtube.com slash gays talking straight. That's STR number eight. Gays Talking Straight is recorded at Timaqua in Orlando, Florida. www.timacua.com. Timaqua, where they've been making art since 2000. Our executive producer is Judy Wallace, directed by Raphael Pignon. Video and audio by Benoit Glazer, who also wrote and performed our theme music. Our social media manager is Nathaniel Butler. Sabah O is our researcher and floor manager. I'm your host, Richard Lamberti. Thank you for being a part of Gays Talking Straight.